If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat up old running shoes, Sierra says save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now, go. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear, check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner, check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, everyone. Welcome to season two, week 14, the penultimate week of Soap from the Box. There are two episodes every single Sunday, remember, this season. So remember to listen to the other one. It's with an Emmerdale legend. But we are going to Australia for this episode. One of my favourite soaps when I was young, Neighbours. And this star is proving a huge success in the show. Enjoy. My next guest from Neighbours plays a character who is fiery, just like her hair, speaks before she thinks, doesn't apologise, and whose mum in the show was part of the Neighbours takeover in the UK in 1986. Plain Jane's brain, Nicolette Stone is not. All the way from Oz, please welcome Charlotte Chimes. Morning, Charlotte, or evening, Charlotte. Morning, evening. How are you? I'm good. How are you? How's Australia? It's very good. It's um, it's just started to cool down, actually, here in Melbourne, where we shoot. And I honestly was like, I need to crack out the jackets. Can't believe it's March and it's already cold. Oh, really? So we're so in reverse here because we're like starting, just starting to take like the big jacket off. It's gone down to like the medium jacket now here. Oh, heaven. Heaven, heaven you say. Oh, yeah, I know. So let, we must mention, let's start with just mentioning Annie Jones, who plays your mum, because obviously fans of Neighbours over here of kind of my age remember her. I mean, it was amazing that she was revealed to be beautiful just by taking off her glasses in the 80s. But when you entered, obviously you're younger, but did you realise kind of what a huge part institution Annie was? To be honest, I didn't know. Um, I knew that she was, you know, one of the original characters and that she was, like, really popular and loved, but I didn't quite, uh, you know, uh, it's not until now that we've been working together and, you know, she's so loved, um, understandably, because she's extremely lovable. But I didn't quite realise until, you know, until a little while ago. With her. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I, realize- I was like, wow, okay, this is a, you know, she she's so, like, huge and very very popular with neighbors fans yeah because over here i don't know if you know like back in the late 80s like we were on like 21 million viewers per episode in the uk for neighbors wow it was incredible and i only found out this morning annie actually auditioned for the role of charlene before she got jane which i didn't realize yeah i did know that yeah you know actually so annie um she was living in mooney ponds when she was 18 and booked neighbors and when I got moved to Melbourne for Neighbours, I was staying with a friend in Mooney Ponds. Oh. Annie and I are both celiacs. We both love champagne and fruit and nut chocolate. We're, honestly, the list goes on. We're very, very similar. 
That's mad, isn't it? So the worlds are supposed it to really collide. Is. And you call her mama, don't you? I saw in an Oh, yeah, I call her mama. I call her mama. Like, at, at, we both, she calls me her little baba, and I'm a, <laughs> and she's my mama. And we don't really call each other Charlotte or Annie, to be honest. That's that's our names for each other. Well, that's amazing. It's amazing when a relationship can strike up like that when you're playing a relationship. Well, well, isn't it just, nice? It's just amazing. So nice. And will you pass on the UK's love to Annie from all of us? Because... I will absolutely pass it on. Brilliant. So let's get to you and the characters. You were brought in in June 2020 to coincide with Annie coming back as a permanent guest. Um, yep. You started with a bang because it was revealed that you had a fractured relationship because of Nicolette being a lesbian, which obviously to go that in, is. it's an important story to play. Obviously, nowadays, it's very luckily normalised. But still, is it quite a pressure going in as a, especially to neighbours who haven't, you know, it's it's been in the last few years that they've, you know, broached having gay characters. So did you feel the pressure going in? Um, to be honest, up until like the last couple of days before going on set, I was like, felt really confident. And then it was the last two days beforehand that I was like, oh, oh, oh no. <laughs> you know, I did. I started that imposter syndrome stuck in and I was like, I don't know if I can do this, if, if you know, I can tell this story. But I had a really long conversation with a very good friend of mine who is a mentor and she's a wonderful actress in her own right. And she's also a coach, Amy Kersey, um, who is, you know, a very happily married gay woman and it was very it was very helpful talking to her about it and and you know I really felt very confident then on my first day of set being there because I agree with you it is very important that we tell LGBTQI um stories on screen and you know in a way I wanted to make sure that I brought humanity and um authenticity and and you know truth to to Nicolette um so just to, I just wanted to make sure that I was really you know, prepared. Well, yeah, and I think the fan, the fan reaction to you coming on has been amazing. I think the thing is, because gay characters are still few and far between in soaps that are full of straight characters, I suppose yeah. you've got a whole nation of people of that, you know, um, who are gay, who are kind of living everything through you. Do you know what I mean? That's kind of what they do. It's they grab onto these characters totally. and really hold them as, as iconic to them. Yeah, that's exactly it. And that's why I think Neighbours is very, um, you know, moving in this day and age, they're very good at having diversity on screen, um, which we do need to see more of in everything. Every time we turn on our TVs or watch on, our, you know, any streaming platform that we look on, it's something that continue, that's definitely getting better, but it's something that we, we still have a way to go. Um, but I do think Neighbours is doing a very good job. Yeah, no, completely, because obviously you've got the two gay guys as well. So what I do to go through the storyline is a bit of a quiz. Now, you should, you've only been there a year, so I'm hoping you'll know the answers to these. It's I've not been there a full year. I'm no, coming you up. You can't have that excuse. That makes it worse. You should definitely know the answers then. Okay, goodness. Okay, hit me. <laughs> okay, here we go. So who contacted Nicolette to tell her of Jane's split with Des Clark? Therese. Totally right. There we go. I told you. And I... I watched Neighbours in amazement when I started watching it again, going, oh, my God, because Rebecca was obviously in Home and Away when I used to watch Home she and was. Away. Yeah, Which she was. So another legend, and also just saying Des Clark, because he was one of the 1980s people. So do you, going in with all these amazing matriarchs, I suppose, that are back in the show, I mean, do you go to them for advice? Have they given you advice? It's amazing to have that level of, you know, people that have been there for so many years. Um, I haven't really uh, felt like I, I mean, I know that they're there if I need it and I just feel like I haven't really um, needed it, to be honest. I don't know. I think I was just so ready to be working. But it, I was just so ready, to be honest. Yeah. I was. And, like, my first day on set, it was like, oh, finally. Thank yeah. you. I'm here. 
let's get to work. And how has it been? Because obviously Rebecca would have gone through that as well. As a, you know, as a younger person, Neighbours is huge. Did you notice like an overnight change in? I mean, does it suddenly, does your life suddenly change being a soap like Neighbours? Well, it didn't for a while. It wasn't until maybe November last year after I had, I'd aired for a couple of months. Because, you know, we filmed for, like, you know, I was on the show for two to three months before I aired. And then I guess it takes a little while for, for viewers to know that, oh, she's she's a regular character. She's not just yeah. popping in for a weekend. Um, and I think because of my hair, I get recognised quite a lot. And often, you know, just the other day I was taking, I was in, my pajamas. I just had a shower. I was taking the rubbish down to the bin in my lift, and this couple who live in the building, who I'm, you know, have always like we chat when we're in the lift together. They were like, "Please, can we get a photo with you? We really love you on Neighbours." And I was like, "Right now, <laughs> right now with the rubbish, pajamas, rubbish." And they were like, "Yes, right now." And I was like, "Yeah, okay, like sure, I'm not going to say no." So it is really weird. Um, and, you know, there's been other cases where I was walking to a restaurant with my boyfriend the other day and we were going the wrong way. So we passed this this couple twice and the woman was zooming in on a photo of myself on my Instagram page to show it to her husband. Yeah. And I was like, that is so weird. That's so weird. Well, there's a guy who used to be in EastEnders here who's on the podcast this series, Tony, who's now a fireman. So he says the funniest thing is when he goes to power a fire and the people are like, oh, my God, you're the guy from EastEnders. That's exactly it. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? But and do you remember? Everyone always says they remember their first scene, like second by second. Do you remember your first scene filming? Yeah, I do. It was me and Rebecca, so Therese. We were filming in Harold's, and it was the moment. It's after, so we've had our initial meeting, and then she says, "You know, do you want to like have brunch tomorrow?" And I'm like, "Okay." So then we meet in Harold's, and that's when I tell her that that Mum and I don't have a good relationship, and that I'm gay. Um, Oh, and I love how that I really love how Nicolette was written her introduction to the show. It was very much like, this is who I am, this is what's going on. I am nothing to hide anymore, you know. I, so I really I do remember that scene. And Beck was so lovely. She was so, you know, like if I had any questions to make sure that, you know, she I knew that I could go to her for anything in that first yeah. week. Because I had a, I had two weeks before Annie started when she came back. Oh, right. Um, okay. So then when she came back, very quickly I was like, oh, I love this woman, like very, very quickly. And she said to me, I remember after a couple of months of working together, she goes, you know, I really do love you. And oh, I was like, I know you do. Um, because, you know, I started like maybe it was a month and I was like, goodbye, I love you. Like I said, I love you, you know. Bye, mum, love you. And then she was like, you know, I don't say it very easily or lightly, but I do really love you. And I was like, <laughs> that's amazing. Bye like, now. Yeah. You know what? In soap, obviously me working on soap, it is like that families, and you especially see if families leave the show. I mean, it's like literally they're in bits because it's like splitting up your actual family or if one of the family leaves, you know, because soap oh, is totally. really good. You see it's like other a family. so often. You yeah. know, we're there six or six Monday to Friday. You see them more, more than you see your friends and your family. And your character, I mean, it must be amazing. I always think if you play a character like Nicolette, it's amazing because almost you get to do what you wouldn't do in real life. Like she says what she thinks. She doesn't, she goes around kind of saying all this. It must be amazing to go into work and be able to do that. It almost lets something out of you, doesn't it? Yeah, I re I do. I agree with that. It is. It's liberating. And to come home at the end of the day and you know everything's still fine because actually it's just work. <laughs> exactly. I haven't really upset anyone. <laughs> yeah. So the next question, who hires Nicolette as a living carer for Faye? Pierce and Chloe. Yes. Nicolette's kind of, over the course of your story being there, has kind of fallen in love with Chloe, who's obviously straight. I mean, 
how how is that going to do you are you hoping that develops or you know is it realistic for it to develop i don't know obviously these things happen in real life but piers is out the way now thanks to nicolette so can are we please... ask charlotte or nicolette uh yeah let's well let's ask nicolette oh absolutely absolutely she definitely, well i mean she she is in love with chloe and has pined after her basically since the moment they met she asked her out you know in their second meeting which is something i don't think nicolette does very often if anything she's had women kind of asking her out in the past um and now you know with the situation that they're in it, it's it's more complicated now than it ever was before and yeah. she's in a really good place and she doesn't want to jeopardize that in any way so if it means that having chloe in her life as a friend and she gets to have this happy family that she's always wanted and a good relationship with her mother, well, then maybe, you know, she'll, she's 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 kind of given up trying. She's happy to be there and be her friend. I suppose and how much the heart rules the mind in the end, isn't it? Or how much the mind wits exactly. well, wits the better. Yeah. Um, and then obviously, so Nicolette had a hand in Pierce's departure. I just am now asking Charlotte, what would you, so if you found out in real life, it's the same situation, would you be Nicolette? Oh. Would you go there and tell her or would you not? Honestly, it's just like, what do you do in that situation? Know, really? You're, you're going to be blamed no matter what. Whatever you do. Like, yeah. Whatever you do. It was kind of like Nicolette is screwed here no matter what. Yeah, if it's, you see you that, know, you're I'm like, sure. you know, you just never want to see that, do you? Because then you are stuffed. <laughs> never want to see it. If anything, I think she could have just come clean a bit sooner about it all. Um, but... And I honestly, when I was reading the blocks as Charlotte was like, oh, okay, so she gets away with it. No one finds out. And then very much was like, oh, no. Yeah, this is so cool, obviously. Everyone yeah. finds out. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the next question, which is an obvious answer just to the story. But, I mean, you can, some people, but what favour, I mean, I love I've written this question like this. What favour is Nicolette doing for David and Aaron? Well, she's having their baby. Yes, which is a huge one, which is another great story because that's obviously something that happens all over the world. I know loads of gay couples who have had a girl carrying their baby and stuff. I mean, the potential for the story there is obviously great as well. What can happen? It really is. Honestly, um, I mean, we'll have to chat later in the year after yeah. I think that happens because I'd love to see what you think. But it is one of those things, I think, Aaron and David represent Nicolette, you know, that really solid, happy, you know, in love, stable gay couple that she kind of probably didn't have growing up. This, you know, that she looks up to them and puts them on a pedestal. And definitely Nicolette want it, wants to have children. And it's when you're gay, it's not as simple as like, let's have sex and oh, we've got a baby. No. So when they kind of were having issues with the surrogacy and she suggests, let me have your baby for you, it's kind of like, well, she wins as well. She gets to be the mother to a child that she doesn't have to be there for 24-7 and they get the child they've always wanted, plus she gets the family she always wanted. So in a way, you know, lots can go wrong, but lots can also go right. Totally, because I always think the biggest thing about that story, the, the biggest thing in real life is that, I suppose, that instant connection the mum might have once having the baby you know all of the plan yeah. of, of not being involved and being so I suppose it'll be interesting if that's explored whether suddenly you know you change you get this undoubtedly you must do as, as a mum do you know what I mean but totally totally and you know um 
Like I think when I was when we were told originally about the storyline, um, I remember thinking, you know, this is way before it was completely fleshed out. And we filmed a lot of stuff last year because we were worried about COVID pick forwards and, you know, so the storyline's really solid moving forward and I'm, like, very excited about it. But I remember thinking, oh, wow, how is she going to come back from this? Yeah, like, seriously? Yeah. Okay. You know, I've got to figure. And now, you know, it's fleshed out and I'm, and I'm it's honestly, I'm excited for everyone to, to see. Yeah, what we've got it's great out. when you've got a story like that. And how's the... Uh, Wearing the bump, have you, what stage of the bump are you at? Or have you had oh, the bump? So there's five stomachs and I'm in the third stomach at the moment. And <laughs> okay. honestly, so you know chicken fillets, those stick-on boobs? Yeah. It's one big stick-on stomach. And what? then I wear spanks over the top to hold it in. That's great. So for people listening who might not know, because we try to give the behind-the-scenes bits as well, that's what they do if you're pregnant in the show and you're not pregnant in real life. Because that often yes. that happens, doesn't it, as well? I've worked with so many actresses who are pregnant in real life and, you you know, we have to have them carrying boxes and wearing these huge coats because they're not to hide it. And then whenever someone's pregnant, they say exactly. they're bloody pregnant in real life. But you wear a massive kind of thing. Is it, so is it like a stick on it? Don't You don't wear it over your neck or anything? No, no, it sticks on and then um, spanks over the top. But the fifth stage, actually, because it's so thick and heavy and large, I have to have it strapped at my back. Wow. So, you know, recently, just before Christmas, actually, I had I, I filmed 17 scenes in one day, oh. which is a record. We generally only do 15 scenes in the studio in one day, but we did 17 and I was in every single one of them. At the end of that day, my back was really sore. I just felt super uncomfortable from wearing it, you know, but so it's giving you a taste of what, what it might be like in real life. We had an actress on Emmerdale, Charlotte Bellini, who filmed two weeks, up until two weeks that she gave birth. And I was like, how? And we filmed a big fire stump with her. I'm like, how are you doing this? My God. Oh, crazy. Um, You're but amazing. Last, last question. After losing her medical licence, um, Dippy gave, gives Nicolette a job where? At Harold's. At Harold's Cafe, yeah. And I, I was just going to ask, what is your, what's your favourite set on Neighbours? Because just, I've never asked this to anyone, Neighbours. How is, because say on a soap here, so Emmerdale, for example, you've got all the sets in the studio and then you drive like half an hour away to the village. Whereas at Corrie, Coronation Street, the street's just kind of outside. How, what's the layout? Is everything in the same kind of building, the outside sets? So, so um, all of our interior sets are basically in one large building. And then our exterior sets of the backyards of all the homes is just on a back lot. So we right. literally just walk to it. And then we've got Ramsey Street, which is a five-minute drive away. Of course. Oh, it's um, that close. I didn't realise that. So you're really close. It's super close. Or maybe it's seven minutes to be more accurate, but it's very close. So let's talk about that with with neighbours kind of, we'll still mention neighbours, but let's talk about you as well, because some interest, I've picked random things about you. What I loved is I before neighbours, you did, you got commissioned to do a thing called La La in lockdown. Tell me more about that. Yeah. So I was, um, I went home to visit my parents for a long weekend last year and then thankfully took all my work stuff. Oh. And because I was producing for Verizon Media. Do you know Build Series? No, I was going to get on because my friend, let me just quickly get this message up because my friend is Australian. When I read that about you, I was like, is that what you worked on? And you'll probably know the show he worked on. He worked on The Block. Oh, no. So I know The Block, but um, I didn't know. I didn't work on The Block. Sorry, were you asking me that? But I do know The Block. It's a really popular yeah, show. So no, I thought, imagine if you work with him in production. So you were a producer on The Bill, which is, I'm guessing that's a home renovation thing, is it? Or No, no. So Build Series is like an interview series. It's very much like what oh, we're doing right, right okay. now. 
but filmed. Um, and then I worked on a, you know, a sports series and a finance series. Um, but I absolutely loved producing. And I'm so grateful that I worked with Emma Metcalf, who's another one of my mentors, who's an exceptional producer. And, you know, that was some of the best time I've ever had working. It must be great um, as an actor, actually, because it gives you that viewpoint of uh, what totally does. Side. Yeah. And I just think also because I was so happy in my life, I felt really creatively fulfilled and like I was, you know, doing something worthwhile. It felt like not that I was, you know, a desperate actor, but I was a desperate actor. Yeah. You know, I was, but I wasn't. And I just think because I was so happy, it kind of, when the Neighbours audition popped up, I was so blasé about it to start with, to be honest, because I was like, you know, things are really good. And then it was like, oh, I think I'm going to get this. It happened very easily, so easily, really. It was kind of like, oh, I guess that's the key. It's that whole thing of like, you know, I give this, I'm so, I'm going so off topic now, I'm sorry, but that's no, the advice no. I give to fellow actors who ask, you know, it's kind of like you have to have, a really full, happy life regardless of booking a role because it might never happen and you don't want to look back on your life and have regrets. Yeah, and I do think everything happens for a reason as well. So, But you're right, Absolutely. you know, you can't just count on one thing because as we know, I always say this when I do acting classes, acting is so hard because it can be based on the smallest thing. And I've said this before, One, I've been in one casting where this guy wasn't casting the end because he had a mole on his cheek and the, the exec at the time it's didn't like moles. So it, it can be like that. You know, it's not normally on talent, really, when it gets to screen test level because everyone's brilliant. Everyone's talented. Yeah. So it's often yeah. down to what colour hair you've got or, you know, where, you know, we've got too many blonde girls in the show. So, yeah. But um, so what was La La in lockdown, though, that you made? So, oh, so, so yeah. So I was, I was then stuck at home in Toowoomba. Um, which is in Queensland. It's about two hours outside of Brisbane. And I was back at my parents' house and really I was having the most wonderful time. I'd sleep in and mum would make, I'd, you know, mum would make breakfast or I'd make breakfast. I'd go for a long bush walk. And then I would still, I was still working from home. So we were all, you know, convening over Zoom, which I imagine a lot of you are doing right now. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Um, I just had this idea one day coming home from the grocery store and I was like, because earlier that day, I'd gotten in trouble with my dad for doing a wee with the toilet door open. <laughs> and I got, I had this idea and I was like, Mum, can you just follow me around the house and film me? So I literally just started doing like pretending I was talking on the phone to a girlfriend and I was walking around the house and, you know, then ended up doing a wee. And, you know, anyway, I had my very good friend, Jono, edit this together for me and then my um, a colleague or, you know, an ex-colleague saw these videos and then she was, you know, the head of Yahoo Lifestyle and she was like, oh, my God, can you make more of these for us? This is exactly what we all need while we're in lockdown. So that's kind of how it happened. Um, That I just kind of was like, I've got to create something. I need to be created during this time. And then, honestly, I think they're really funny. I even watched one the other day because someone posted something on it and I was like, oh, no, that's really funny. So can we watch them over here? Can people listening watch them? They can if they are on my Instagram. If you okay. go to my Instagram and my IGTV, um, so Instagram TV, they're on there. I've I've reposted them myself. Oh, so okay. there was Lala in lockdown, um, and then it was dating in lockdown, birthdays in quarantine, pandemic, grocery shopping, broke AF in lockdown. So there's a few there. Okay, I'm going to um, watch these and we'll put a link to it in our show thing so people listening can easily get a link to it. Right, I love really that. Cool. 
the first one, Lala and Lockdown, was I think, you know, I think it's good. And then the dating and lockdown, I think a lot of people related to it. Because... Well, we've got a similarity now because this is what this podcast started in lockdown and now it's grown and grown. But yeah, I'm the same as you. When I go, when, you know, I'm not working full time, like, I need to be doing something because I need to be, I need, my mind is so active. I can't, like, meditation is like the furthest thing from my head because I can't stop thinking. I totally agree with you. We're very similar. And so, look how well you're doing. The podcast is so successful. I know, which is brilliant, you know, but it's, um, it is brilliant just because it's great when you just know you're helping other people through because I think it just gives people, you know, chance to catch up with people like you. And, but anyway, you came to the UK last year and I wanted to do this with you because have you, have you ever heard, well, I read you went to Bath. I mean, Bath is gorgeous. Oh, Bath is honestly spectacular. Did it's, you have the, did you have the full spa thing? Yeah, I did. I absolutely. So that, I, that was the first day we got, we flew into London and then got the bus to Bath. And then we soaked for hours on the rooftop. Amazing. And it was the best way to get over jet lag, honestly. I had a few gins and went to sleep and slept like 10 hours. And I had no Amazing. jet lag. The best thing I've ever done for jet lag was a hot stone massage, and oh, um, amazing! I didn't have I didn't have jet lag at all. It was amazing. But have you I, heard in London of Cockney rhyming slang? Oh, no. Okay, so this is so basically the East End of London, which East Enders is set. There's this old slang that they say where. So I'll give you one, and I'm going to see if you can guess the others. So, for example, it's always a rhyme at the end. So apples and pears, apples and pears is stairs. So in the apple old, old apple pears is stairs. Yeah. So I'm going to see if you get these few. This is well. I mean, it's mad. This okay. is still proper East End people still talk like this. So they'll be like, "Oh, get get, get up the apples and pears." Um. So the army and navy. The army and navy. The army and navy. It's what you like put on your roast potatoes. Yes. Yes, Charlotte. Yeah. <laughs> uh, give me some bees and honey. Bees and honey, bees and hummy, honey, hummy, is very yummy. No, no that's not Give bees me that. Uh, it's money. Oh, money. Bees and honey, yeah. You've got to think it's probably not connected to the word. It's like just rhymes with the word. Totally, uh, okay. This is quite hard. Oh, God, this is quite hard. Box of toys. Box of toys? You're making a lot of box of, you're making a box of toys. Noise. Yes. <laughs> right. And go and pack your crowded space. Crowded space. Get out, my, get out of my house and pack your crowded space. Mm. Crowded space. Is it, it rhymes with crowded space. It rhymes with space. It's hard again, this one. It's suitcase. Oh, suitcase. No, that's quite funny. And this one, the last one, I'm going to go for an oily rag. I'm going to go for an oily rag. I've heard of this. I'm going to go for an oily rag. A shag? No, no, very unhealthy. <laughs> I was just about to say this is very unhealthy for you. So it's not that. This is very unhealthy for you. I'm going outside with a rag. A fag. Yes, there we go. Brilliant. Well done. Love it. <laughs> so fag. And he calls them fags as well. Oh, does she? I think that might be quite, that's yeah. quite a London thing, actually. But yeah, can you believe people actually still, there's a guy called Danny Dye and EastEnders still, and he still will talk like this. And you're like, what did he just say to me? <laughs> what did he say? Hold on, pause, put the subtitles on. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, if you use some of those words, we could say get up the apples and pears, grab the bees and honey, um, pl- put it in the crowded space and get down here before the bottler and stop before the bottler and stopper comes, which is the company yeah, they talk like that. So, anyway, you grew up, you mentioned Toowoomba, is it called? Toowoomba. 
which sounds amazing. I mean, just explain visually what Toowoomba is like to us because Toowoomba is up on a very big hill. And in September, it is the most beautiful time of year to go into Toowoomba because we have the Carnival of Flowers and the whole city is green and full, like the um, the main gardens is filled with the most amazing garden, like floral oh, wow. display. It's beautiful. It's very green. It's a very nice place to have children. It's got great schools. It's a great place um, to grow up and to grow old. But everything in between, <laughs> unless you're a lawyer or a doctor or a school teacher, which is totally fine, not for not for me. Yeah, no, I would. There's a lot of places like that in the UK. I mean, what we've got nowhere called anything as cool as Toowoomba, though. That's amazing. I know Toowoomba. It is a cool name. So I'm supposing, I'm supposing, like acting. You know, you didn't have the most amazing acting school there and stuff. So it was a kind of a career choice. You had to leave to do your career choice. Well, there was an acting. There is a uni there that does a good acting program, but I just didn't want to. I honestly, after school, I felt a bit like I love school. But I also, and I did well at school, but I also just felt like I was going to prison every day, you know, wearing school uniform and being told what to do. And I just, like, wanted to, you know, run wild. And that, and in a way, the acting school I went to in Brisbane suited me a bit better for that. And then, you know, I moved to Sydney. It was kind of the next natural progression was to move to Sydney. I actually was going to move to Melbourne, which is where Neighbours is filmed. But my sister had had a baby and there were direct flights from Toowoomba to Sydney. And so at last minute I was like, well, I'll just move to Sydney then because oh, then okay. I can go home and see the baby. I went to Sydney and Melbourne, actually, and I prefer Melbourne, bizarrely. Everyone th- I thought I preferred Sydney. Oh, I love Melbourne now that I live here. I mean, yeah, Melbourne, I really the weather it. is not like, Sydney's weather is spectacular, and I lived in Bondi, so right at the beach, total, you know, loved, loved, loved it. But Melbourne is like... Like I love like fashion and culture and restaurants and I'm very happy to be here now that I'm here. Yeah, no, Australia. I mean, now that we're out of lockdown as well. Yeah, I, my how your life course changes when I met my husband actually before I, just before I met my husband I almost moved to Australia and directed Home and Away. It was kind of all no sad. way. Yeah. You so, should come direct neighbours. I know, still one day. I think I might, because I would love to live in Australia for a while. So I mean, I'm going to say it tomorrow on set. I'll call the producers. Okay, brilliant. I've got this great director for you. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to have to persuade my husband first, but... Um, yeah, well, so, I'll help with that. Okay, yeah, fine. And we're going to end with, and sorry to keep doing because it's just, I quite like this. So uh, Zimmer Anderson has been on the show. Um, yeah. So I did this with her. So it's just some neighbours questions. These are more for fun facts for people at home as well, really. I never realised this first one. Do you know what Erinsborough is an anagram of? Neighbours. Yeah. I didn't know that. How stupid. When I look at it, I'm I like, didn't know that either, but I've been asked once before and then they told me and now it'll never leave my brain. No. I was going, God, what an obvious thing. And you're like, oh, I was like, oh my God, that's so clever. Um, it's now, if you watched every episode back to back, how many days do you think it would take you to watch Neighbours? Is it a year? It's, oh, it's 147 days. So, oh, my God, back yeah. to back. That is insane. How many That's hours it. is that? So anyone that, if lockdown was to continue, there's a piece of, you could watch the whole of Neighbours. Oh, <laughs> totally. Can you imagine for 147 days? Um, over here, actually, they're showing classic episodes of all the soaps, like Emmerdale and Coronation Street since lockdown. It's got huge. Everyone's, like, revisiting in the afternoon, all, the, all of our soaps in the afternoon. And actor friends of mine are going, oh, my God, I look so young, who are still in oh, it. I love but, it. Which trio of very famous brothers have all appeared in Neighbours? Oh, 
Two are really famous. Oh, the Hemsworths. Yeah, the Hemsworths. I didn't realise the other brother um, had appeared as well, Luke. But no, I knew Chris and Liam had, but Apparently not. Luke had the biggest part. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, um, okay, the last one is, since 1985, how many versions of the theme song have there been? Is it like six? Oh, near eight. Eight. I knew it wasn't very many. So I'll let you know on social media who, because I don't know which one's going out first. So I'll let uh, we'll we'll know who the winner is between you and Zimmer. We'll see who won that. Oh, um, fun! Hello, but, little Zim. I know she's amazing as well. Well, listen, Charlotte, it's been so nice to have you on the show. Thank you. I know there's so many fans out over here of Neighbours. It's great to have you guys on because the fan base for Neighbours over here is absolutely huge. Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me, and thank you to everyone who watches the show. You know, we make it for you, so super grateful to have you know, fans of the show. Exactly. I think over here, the, it's the escapism that people love as well, to see some sunshine. Do you know what I mean? It's like so oh, it's totally. people in pools and stuff because we don't, in, in our soaps, everyone's just wearing Eskimo coats the whole time. So. I love Well, <laughs> uh, in winter, we do still wear summer clothes and it does get very, I remember my first day out on location when I first started, it was like zero degrees. Um, you're Celsius, aren't you, in the UK? Yeah, we yeah, yeah we understand it. Yeah. Zero degrees, and I was in this summer's dress, and I just remember oh. thinking, "Oh my god, what have I got?" Yeah, well, we're in? like two months normally ahead of filming as well, so you can imagine in the Yorkshire, in the Emmerdale village, when we're pretending to be in oh. summer, and the girls are in tiny dresses, and it's actually <laughs> freezing cold, and it's like a wind tunnel there as well. It's freezing. We're oh. all bored faces. It's like these poor and actors. They say actors have a glamorous life, and you're like, they don't really. <laughs> <laughs> No. Like your party. Well, listen, loads of love and we'll stay in touch. And thanks so much for coming on. Thank you so much, Lee. Cheers, Charlotte. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much to Charlotte Chines for being on the podcast. We had, as you can probably tell, quite a good laugh on there. And Charlotte will be appearing on my radio show, The A to Z of Soap, which you can listen to every Saturday at three o'clock on Great British Radio. Remember to stay in touch with me all week on social media at Soap from the Box on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. I'll be back next week with two more episodes, the final week, so make sure you join me. Thanks as usual to David Stevens and the Bothy for their edit and technical wizardry, and to Ian McCallum for all of his press help. Have a safe and fun week. See you next week. Hold up. 